It's time for Business Minds Coffee Chat, an inspiring show about the journey to personal and professional growth. And now, your host, Jay Shear. Hey, everyone, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I am your host, Jay Shear. And I am super excited because I'm joined in the studio today by my special guest, Dr. Audrey Gregory. Audrey is a wife and a mother of three and she just happens to be the president and CEO for the Advent Health Central Florida Division. Audrey, welcome, and thank you so much for being here today. Jay, thank you for having me. And my, my husband would be very pleased about the introduction okay. because you said why first. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, Audrey's husband, we're speaking to you right now. Thank you for listening, and I'd like to get some feedback when we're done with this conversation. So, Audrey, I thought a good starting point for us today would be for you to share with all of us what your favorite thing is about yourself and why. Wow. My favorite thing about myself. Why did I not think that that was going to be a question? I think um, probably my favorite thing about myself is I have a good amount of resilience. Um, I think I have the ability to as my mom would say, bend, but not break, um, stretch, but not snap. And so I think I have a good ability to not just bounce back from situations, but the ability to thrive through, survive through, and do well through. Um, So I, I think I have good resilience. I love that response. So I'm going to ask you to think back and give us an example of where that resilience really showed itself early on in life. Oh, wow. Early on in life. Um, So I think it's important for your listeners to know from a background, I am the eldest of three. I am originally from Jamaica. And I remember when I was in the 11th grade, so that's the, we call it fifth form in Jamaica. Um, When I was done with fifth form, my mom said, well, you have a nice little scholarship. You should go to America to study. And that would be leaving my mom, my siblings, like all the things that I knew and move to a different country. Um, And so I did that. And um, I can fast forward many years, I will not date myself on radio and say just the ability to truly thrive. I fortunately had really good mentors along the way. I started at Broward Community College, had really good mentors along the way, um, a different system. And I think back, I would write home to my mom because this was before cell phones and she would write me back and she would say, she's a teacher in Jamaica, And she would say, you know, you're doing really well, but your spelling is deteriorating because, you know, Jamaica has the British system of spelling. And so I started not using the U in color or I spell check differently. And so she would say, I don't want your your writing to deteriorate in that country. But I think just being able to come to a new place as a a young adult and and thrive. um, And really, I would say just being able to adjust to a different culture, to different themes, to different learnings, um, and being able still, I think, to keep the core of who I am, I would say 
they would be demonstrative of those early years of understanding resilience. Mm, beautiful. Well, I thank you for sharing that. So you brought up your your mother. Your mother is a teacher. And before we started recording, we were talking in the lobby of the radio station a little bit about about your mom, about uh, some some things that you guys used to do, including drinking tea and what that meant to you and what you found out that that meant to you. But share with us, if you will, some lessons that you learned from your mother that helped shape the person who you are today. So when you hear your mother in your mind, <laughs> what words still ring true for you? Oh, wow. Jay, that's a great question. I, you know, I've been blessed with very stable parents and I am very fortunate because I also had, have, they're still around, God-fearing um, parents, but really strong parents. And and so one of the things I think back to that I still do with my kids, you know, so Jamaica, from a culture perspective, we love tea. Tea solves everything, like physically, mentally, every ache and pain in Jamaica is solved by some kind of tea. And I remember growing up how my mom, tea drinking was a huge part of who we were, right? In the mornings before we went to school, she would get up, she would make us our tea. And then no matter what kind of mood I came home in, she would, let's have some tea. And so I realized much later on in life, as I was raising my own kids and engaging in the tea ceremony, um, I realized what my mom was doing. Because if you think about how tea is made, it's not a rushed process, right? So, you know, we had a gas stove at the time. So she would put the water on. You would have to wait for it to boil. And and I remember it would make that whistling sound. And my little sister, she would yell out, the kettle boiling. I still can hear that in my in my head. And then you would make the tea. And my mom always had this variety of tea, you know, whether it's a ginger tea or peppermint or fever grass, depending on what's going on with you. And then she would make the tea brew. And so as I got older with my own kids, I realized that the tea making kind of slows you down, right? And you start appreciating little things. But more importantly, I think if I started out really angry about something, by the time we were done making tea and talking about tea, it allowed it allowed the kids, whether it was me or my brother or my sister, it allowed us to process and it just allowed us to stop. And so that was one thing that I learned that I now, as I grow older, my assistant will tell you, she will say, oh, yeah, she always wants her tea. Right. So that's still something that is important to me. I think the other thing, a lot of my, I think, stability, my mom had this saying off, um, stand on a footing off your own and cultivate a sound backbone, <laughs> which is a Jamaican saying, but she would just say it all the time. And so for my siblings and I, it was understanding that you're going to have to work hard and you decide what that destiny needs to look like. And so I learned that from both my parents. I think I also learned service. So my parents were very, very active in the church. They were active in the community. And so service, serving others. I remember growing up sometimes, you know, my parents, you know, Jamaica is very informal in how we help others, right? So there were always other children in our home, you know, cousins and just random people. And so... 
you know, my parents taught the importance of even when you don't have a lot, it's important to share. Um, and also the importance of giving of yourself to others. So those were principles that they taught. And then I think finally it was the importance of education. So, so in Jamaica, education is important because that's the way you're going to lift yourself up. This is the way, um, you're going to lift others up also. And I, I still remember a nursery rhyme my mom taught me, which is, um, Labor for learning before you grow old, because learning is better than silver and gold. Silver and gold will vanish away, but a good education will never decay. Wow. Now that I've gotten older, though, I'm like, I'll take the silver and the gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, that's uh, thank you for, for sharing that. I, I love those stories. And, you know, so I wanted to to talk about leadership for a couple of moments here. So, you know, you've worked as a chief nursing officer, you've been a COO, and now, of course, you're a CEO. And in your role today, you lead a team of more than 10,000 employees and over 2,000 medical staff members. So when I think of leadership, lots of different ideas and thoughts come to mind. When you think of leadership, what words stand out in your mind? Mm. When I think about leadership, the biggest word I think about is influence. Um, and if you, if you think about what leaders do, that is the essence of what it is that you do. It's how do you, how do you get that message across? How do you get that vision in and how do you get others to see things uh, the way you see things? So I, I would say influencing um, is a word that comes to mind. The other word that comes to mind again, and part of it is probably just by my own upbringing is example. I think it's important for leaders to not just talk the talk, but I think it's important for us to walk the walk. So that's, that's another um, word that is important to me. And then I would say servant. Um, and I guess, again, it comes back to that service because I think especially when you're in, in an industry where I, I always like to remind myself because healthcare is so unique. I'm not just a leader, but I'm a healthcare leader. And what is unique about healthcare, it's that when you lead, you are leading those who are caring for people, which just is a, it's a whole different perspective than leading people who are making widgets. Like widgets are important. Um, shopping is important. Logistics are important. But I, but I always like to remind myself from a leadership perspective that I'm leading human beings who are taking care of other human beings, which I think almost, when I think about it without trying to sound corny, it then becomes a calling, right? Because it's a whole different thing when I say, you know, I'm, I'm packing this box. It's really different from I'm taking care of Jay or I'm leading a staff that's taking care of Jay, wife, sorry, husband, father, someone's brother, someone's friend. That's a whole different way of thinking. And so I think a lot when I think about leading, I think a lot about service and that that's that service for humanity. So I just think about it a little bit differently. Beautiful. 
So one of the things that I found in my experience in not only leading but working and coaching other leaders is that the most effective leaders that I've been around are incredibly good at leading themselves, Mm. self-leadership. So speak for a moment about self-leadership and give us some examples of how you lead yourself. I tell you, Jay, that is that is a great question. It's almost as if you work for Advent Health, um, because from a leadership philosophy, um, one of the things Advent Health teaches and believes and coaches leaders on is leading self first, um, leading others, and then that allows you to lead results. That's really philosophically the leadership um, framework within Advent Health. And so for myself, I think um, just. First of all, as a leader, I think it's important for you to know who you are, not just as a leader, but who you are as a person. So part of that is about self-awareness and even, I would say, self-modulation or self-moderation. I think that's also important in terms of how you lead yourself. I think part of that self-leadership is also really being in a state of always learning, right? I've, I've been doing this for a long time and... I learn something new every day because I open myself to learning. And sometimes I learn something from someone with a PhD, and sometimes I learn something from someone who is not as educated. And so having that idea of being a constant learner, I think, is is important. And then a part of leading self is recognizing your own weaknesses and knowing them and, and knowing what your flaws are. Um, and part of that for me, I will share transparently with the world at this point, I guess, is just knowing who you are as a person. Are you, if you're inclined to speak, then think, then you know you have to put some boundaries around yourself as a leader that forces you to think, then speak. Um, I think part of that self Leading is also recognizing who your team is and how you impact a team. I, I, I remember years ago, I was a chief nursing officer leading a team of amazing nurse leaders. And I used to have this cardiology leader. She was very tiny. It was a tiny lady. And whenever she was in my office, which was not a very big office, she would, you know, I'm a hand talker. And so she would just, I could literally see her shrinking into herself. And so probably about the fifth time this happened, I'm like, whoa, what is going on? Why do you, when you're, when you, when we're out in a crowded place, you seem okay. When we come into my office to do our one-on-ones, you just, your whole demeanor changes. What is going on? And she says, Audrey, I got to tell you something. And I said, what? And she teared up and she said, you know, I just came out of this abusive relationship. I literally just ran out of it. And so you're a big lady. <laughs> Like, thank you for that. But every time you moved your hands, it's just really nerve-wracking for me. Wow. And I kid you not, Jay, I would sit on my hand. Every time she came in my office, I would literally sit on my hand for months until I learned with her to not move my hand. So I think part of that story is really just about, as a leader, part of what you do is how do you learn and how do you adjust and how do you have that awareness so you can meet the needs of your team. 
Wow. Absolutely. Well, Audrey, we are going to take a brief break here to thank our amazing sponsors. And then when we get back, we're going to talk more about leadership and about self-awareness. And you hit on a word that we're going to explore as well, and that's around boundaries. So for all of you, stay tuned. Don't you go anywhere. You're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and we will be back here shortly. There's no business like show business like no business I know. Visit the Fitzgerald Performing Arts Center at Flagler Auditorium. We're about to release our new season of professional touring shows. Visit our website at flaglerentertainment.com. Sign up for our newsletter. You can be the first to know about our shows and special offers. And remember, every time you buy a ticket to a show, you support the performing arts in Flagler schools and you support our local economy. All right, we're back. And again, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I am in the studio today with my very special guest, Dr. Audrey Gregory. We're having a fantastic conversation. We've been talking about Audrey's backstory a bit. We've been talking about lessons learned from her her mother. We've been talking about leadership and self-leadership. And Audrey shared some great insights with us around her thoughts on leadership. And we're going to talk on a few threads here to explore this a bit more deeply. And, you know, you mentioned about the importance of, and I'm going to, I'm going to frame it this way, knowing thyself, (laughs) right? As well as being self-aware and noticing our own blind spots. And one of the things that, that clients on is identifying those blind spots because, Often we don't know ourselves. We don't have that level of self-awareness. So from your perspective, what have you learned about yourself when it comes to blind spots and those areas, those gaps that you know you need to work on to continue to improve? So help us understand what some of the blind spots are that Dr. Audrey Gregory has. <laughs> I tell you, Jay, years ago, that's a, that's a great question. Um And I remember having my first executive role when I was really young, so 28. I was a chief nursing officer of a small hospital. And um, at the time, my husband was in the military. I was a young mom, and but I thought I was brilliant. (laughs) And I probably was. And I remember having a mentor, um, Dr. Michelle Dumpy. Um, She was one of my faculty members at... um, it was at the time Armstrong State University, it's now Georgia Southern University. And, you know, she pulled me aside one day and she said, you know, you are brilliant. But, and I can't say it, but, and so she basically said, you know, you have some blind spots. She wasn't, you know, <laughs> that poetic. You have some blind spots that we need to work on. And, and over the years, even I have learned, um, so one of the things I will say, I am still developing as a leader is... Uh, you know, I process really fast. And so the danger with doing that as a leader is that your team may not have the opportunity to be processing as fast as you process, right? And so you could run the danger of getting to a solution before your team has even processed, right? And so I will tell you decades in, that is something that I I have to be very um, intentional about, 
Um, because while they're at A and B, I'm like, well, the answer is F, right? And so really making sure that we're giving the team the opportunity. And over the years, as I've learned to do that, I've recognized that sometimes there's not one right answer, right? And your team is able to to think about things creatively that you and your fast processing may not have thought about because that fast processing sometimes makes you a linear thinker where your team may be able to just go on a different journey and get to the same point. I think the other thing too with being a fast processor that I have to consciously make sure is that I am giving time not just for the team to process what they're thinking, but also what the team is feeling. Because sometimes I think as leaders, we forget, and I try real hard not to forget that, that people bring their whole self to work, right? They, if you're a mom, you're bringing your momness to work. If you're a dad, you're bringing your dadness to work. If your mom is in the hospital, you're bringing that to work. And so I think as a leader, it's important that we allow the team to also process feelings, right? Because I... You know, as a mom, one of the things I've learned, we've moved a lot over the years with my husband and being in the military and with my career. And sometimes even as adults, we say, you know, your 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 kids, right? What do you have to worry about? But, you know, moving impacts your children and, and they need to process. Well, it's the same thing with your employees. If you're doing something that changes the department or changes the workflow, your employees do have feelings about it. And so I think sometimes as a leader, we think, well, you know, it's just a process. They'll get over it. But I think it's important as a leader to make sure, and I've over the years, I've had to make sure I am intentional about it, about making sure that or employees process the process, but also process their feelings. So I think mm. that that's a that's a gap that I continue to work on. Well, I, again, I think going back to the self awareness part, yeah. the yeah. part that the the knowledge, knowing that once we because we don't know what we don't know, so once we identify something, then we can do the work Absolutely. on improving that area. So you know, I'm speaking of of emotions and the difficulties that we experience in processing feelings and emotions when you're having a difficult time, when you're having, uh, when life happens, right? Whether it's, it's on the job, whether it's outside the job, what do you do outside of drinking tea? (laughs) What do you do to regulate and to bring yourself back to a, a state of equilibrium? I tell you, Jay, I am very fortunate. Um, this would be uh, uh, just an intentional plug for working at somewhere like Advent Health, right? So you have the ability, you know, it's a, I love the fact that one of the things I love about Advent Health is the idea that we truly believe in the whole person. And when we talk about whole person care, it's a real thing for the organization, right? All the way to, you know, Advent Health offers not just your regular health insurance, but what are you doing about, you know, your mental health? And so fortunately, I work in an organization where it's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. And how do you process through that? For me personally, I am I am very fortunate, too, in that I have the the world's best husband. Don't tell him I said that. So part of that self-regulation is just having that outlet, right, and having someone who listens and doesn't have judgment. Um, And so I definitely have that great outlet. Um, I spend a lot of time in prayer. Um, I'm not as consistent with journaling as I should be because that's also another great outlet. 
And then, you know, walking for me is the thing, right? I will just put on the headphone and just walk. And that helps, I think, to help me to clear the mind, to, to, to really process. And then, you know, going on a cruise always <laughs> helps me <laughs> to regulate also. So, you know, finding that time, finding downtime also so helps me. But let's say it's an immediate situation. I have learned over the years to, I will stop, you know, I will take a deep breath. And then I ask myself the question, how important will this be five years from now? Mm. And then I also, sometimes in the midst of things, I really think about, okay, am I going to fracture this relationship? And how important is this relationship? So, you know, I wish I could say, you know, I take 10 minutes to process something. But Jay, sometimes this is happening within a minute, right? You're thinking through, how is this going to impact the relationship? What do I need to say? What do I not need to say? And so... Um, and then, believe it or not, sleep is also a good modulator for me. Mm. I have learned that when I'm tired, sometimes I'm not at my best. So rest is is important. And another plug for Advent Health, we're big on rest. Mm. Love I love that. <laughs> well, I had the uh, the world's leading expert on sleep on my podcast recently and had an amazing conversation around not only the importance of it, right, but uh, we went into a lot of science and brain science and why it is so incredibly important and impacts every area of our life. Absolutely. So, you know, you, you mentioned a couple things here that I that I want to explore. One, I think you know when you were giving some of the some of the things that you do to create that pause right to to bring that that state of equilibrium back into play the thing that you mentioned that i really love was that you ask yourself a question and i think where that is so incredibly important is it it actually activates the prefrontal cortex, right, when we do that because we've allowed our emotions, right, to inflame and to drive us and we can go down that rabbit hole. But the moment that you ask that question, right, it's almost like you're stopping everything and we go from emotion to logic. And and I love that you brought that up. And also, you know, the journaling and the walking. Now, you mentioned when you're walking that you put on a set of headphones. So what's on the playlist when you're walking? I will, I know this sounds crazy, but I, I listen to the Bible. So I, I, you know, I listen to the Bible or if I'm watching something, believe it or not, it's burn notice. <laughs> burn notice. How did I know you were going to say something like that? Well, that's okay. We all have our thing, right? So you also mentioned a few moments ago about boundaries and I'm just curious from your perspective, if you had to summarize for us right now in this moment, what are the things that you are saying yes to and the things that you're saying no to? If it's okay, I say yes to the things that professionally help to move the organization along. So if it's aligned with what our organization needs, then I say yes to those things. And that's just a professional response. In my personal life, I say yes to the thing, the things that have to do with my children. Um, so I will, um, you know, I I have two young adult children that I'm still involved in their life. 
not the helicopter type of involvement, but, you know, they, they are wise enough now to seek counsel. They're at the age now where they're like, mom, dad, you were right about something. So I, I will say yes to the things that have to do with my children. My, my youngest, who is now uh, just entered his junior year in high school, he's a violist. Um, he Beautiful. loves to play. Um, he's in an incredible orchestra. And so I will say yes to things that have to do with his development, his, you know, his, his music career, because this is what he wants to do. Um, and I definitely say yes to all things husband, right? So that's, that's going to be important. And, and I use that as my, I'm big on family. So the things that have to do with family, my sister lives in close proximity. So my parents are in close proximity. I move them from where they were to be in close proximity to me. So I, I do say yes to family, but I have to really work hard on creating boundaries because I could overextend myself, even in those two realms alone. Um, I love mentoring and helping young people. So I do find sometimes that my plate is a little bit more than it should be. Um, my uh, Probably two weeks ago, my son and I, the 16-year-old, he says, mom, you and I have to practice to say no. Um. <laughs> One of the most powerful things we can learn. Well, you and I will have a separate conversation around that. We'll work on that part. So as we are wrapping up our conversation today, I would love it if you would give our audience and me a challenge. What would you challenge us to do? I would challenge us, and I know this sounds crazy, but as I have assessed just how we are today, my biggest challenge for us is to be kind. And I am going to get through this without being emotional. I, I think sometimes, whether from a leadership perspective or just being a human being, that I think as a society, we have just forgotten the importance of kindness. And kindness doesn't have to be some big gesture. It can simply mean not cutting off someone when you're driving. It's recognizing that if you're going with traffic on the I-4, it probably is going to be challenging. So leave your home not just with patience, but be kind, be with kindness. I think, um, I think little gestures are important. Um, and I think it's also important that we're we're kind to the people in our homes. Like they get to see the real us, um, and sometimes we forget that that means that they really know us. And so I think we need to make sure that kindness begins at home. So that would be my challenge for everyone who is listening in your personal life, in your professional life. Like go out of your way to be kind. That is a great challenge, and I appreciate that. And in the spirit of kindness, I want to thank you so very much, Audrey, for joining us today on Business Minds Coffee Chat. I appreciate your humility, your humanity, your ability to pull back the curtain a bit and sharing your story and the lessons that you've taught all of us today. So I'm grateful for you. Thank you so very much for being here today. Jay, thank you so much for having me. And also in the spirit of kindness, thank you to your audience for listening and being loyal and for leaning in. And 
Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. And for all of you, thank you so very much for tuning into Business Minds Coffee Chat. And we will be right back here next Saturday morning at 830. And until then, keep learning and growing and keep working to reach your potential. Take care, everybody. 